Welcome to the Geek Cube Podcast, where turkeys are rampant and you have questions. I'm Void, and I'm here with my co-host, Beach. Exactly. Today, we are doing your listener questions. This is our annual Q&A episode that we record very much out of time so that we can have a week off for Thanksgiving. So... We need to get into it because, guys, what happened was I kept saying, you don't have a lot of time left. You don't have a lot of time left. And nobody out there listened to me until I said, hey, this is the last week. And then everybody sent everything to us. So yes, we have we had like almost no questions. I was like, oh, hey, we can make almost a mini episode out of each question. And now we have time for like five second answers for every question. So that's the kind of episode it's going to be. I'm warning you up front. We have rapid fire questions to kick us off. Are you ready? Yes, let's do this. Crack my knuckles that you guys can't see and probably not hear. Let's go. And thank you for everyone who sent them in. There were so many questions that I lost track of who sent what, but thank you for everybody for sending questions. Okay, here we go. Yeah, for sure. Who would win in a food fight or a food fight, a food eating contest? (laughs) um, And does the type of food matter? You should probably go first and then I'll go second for all of these. But I said, I think this one, I'm going to go first. We haven't worked this out ahead of time. If you guys haven't been able to tell, I'm going to say that you would win in any food eating contest and the type of food doesn't matter. I'm going to say the same thing. You don't like food nearly enough. (laughs) Okay. Which Sonic is the best Sonic? Golden Sonic from Sonic the Hedgehog 2. I say gritty Saturday morning Sonic cartoon from the 90s. Ah, Who do you think shot Mr. Burns? Maggie. Maggie, for sure. Shoes in the house? We wear shoes wherever in the house, but I do hate wearing shoes at home, so sometimes, but not often. I say only in the entryway or if you're coming in for a second to, like, grab a drink of water from doing yard work or something. But no, not really. Not shoes in the house. That's bad. Uh, Gaming chairs, couches, etc. How do you sit when you play? Uh, Usually on the couch, uh, lying flat on my back or on a love seat, kind of curled up, rarely sitting up unless it's PC gaming. I am usually sitting up and I'm either on a couch or I'm sitting on the floor at the foot of my couch because I don't know. I just do that for some reason. I do that too. Yeah, Yeah. you're absolutely right. What is your go-to must-watch every year Halloween movie or holiday movie or both? Halloween movie, we pick a new one every year that's different, but we make sure we set one night aside for a Halloween movie. Uh, In terms of just holiday movies in general, we don't really have a Christmas one that we do every single year. We pick bad ABC family movies while we're decorating the tree, Uh, but we do watch all the Friends Thanksgiving episodes in uh, seasonal order every Thanksgiving. Oh, wow. I don't have any, so I don't have anything to contribute to this one. Sorry. Um, Best part of Thanksgiving doesn't have to be food related. I love watching my friends' episodes with Jennifer. Like, that is the highlight of Thanksgiving season for me. Uh, I'm all about the crescent rolls. I just love bread. Crescent rolls are amazing. Mm. What's the furthest you've driven for an event, and what was the event? Uh, The furthest I've driven is Walt Disney World from Alabama, so that is probably 13 hours, uh, and that was for the Star Wars Half Marathon Weekend. For me, it's not far. I don't go very far for events. Driving, if I have to go, I'll fly somewhere. So driving, probably just in the Twin Cities, kind of boring. Sorry. Um, same question, but for air travel. Uh, probably Albuquerque, if you're looking at events, probably because that was a conference there. So from uh, at the time from Tennessee to New Mexico. Yeah, for me, uh, air travel, I mean, I'm in kind of the middle of the country, especially compared to where you are. So the other side of the country somewhere. I mean, if I had to pick a spot, probably Seattle, but like Seattle, New York, mm-hmm. something like that, you know, one of the coasts that I've been to. Um, well, maybe it was Phoenix. I don't remember which state is uh, to the left or the right. So I've been to New Mexico and Arizona, whichever one borders California. It's that further west. <laughs> so Phoenix okay. or Albuquerque, because I don't know geography. Good job. I'm pretty sure it's Arizona, but we'll keep going. Um, if you could live anywhere in the world, where would it be? Probably the Pacific Northwest. I just love it there. Or 
anywhere that has the climate of Southern California that's not Southern California? I would live in the Twin Cities. I love living in the Twin Cities. I love to travel. I like getting out of here. I like going other places, especially escaping the winter a little bit. But this as a home is amazing. And I love coming back here. The more I travel, the more I appreciate that this is my home. So I am living exactly where I want to be living. And I'm very happy about it. Um, GM, DM, or player? I tend to like DMing better, and but I really love to play. I think DMing is because I have control issues. <laughs> I probably want to DM, but I haven't played enough to know for sure, 100%. So I need more time with that one. Um, what makes you cry every time? Uh, Pixar. Pixar always makes me cry. Um, and generally anything with parents passing away or having like uh, regret from kids at having not done or said something, I'll just bawl and have to leave the room. I have nothing, nothing that makes me cry consistently. I'm, you know, inhuman, non-emotional. That's not true at all. I feel emotions. I just don't cry a whole lot. Um, what should probably make you cry or have a physical reaction, but doesn't? Uh, probably the pimple popping videos and like surgery videos and things like that. And like bot fly extractions that we watch on YouTube for fun. Probably should be grossed out by those, but instead I get like really excited and want to watch more. <laughs> I have tons and tons of things that should make me cry, and I just don't because I don't know why. I don't know why. Um, weirdest <laughs> food that you love that everyone else thinks is weird? I don't know. Like, I love candy corn. I eat a lot of eggs. Like, I'll just, like, down jars of pickles. Like, I'll just jab a fork down into a thing of hamburger pickles and just put them in my mouth. Like, that? Okay. Um, for me, I, it's not one food. I think it's a combination. I really like Starbucks and Jimmy John's at the same time. I don't know mm. why. Like, it's just, I, I know exactly why. It's because they were right next to each other when I was growing up near where I lived with my parents. So, uh, like, I would okay. get them at the same time. And now it's just kind of like what I eat together. If I get one, I get the other. Um, so, I don't know if it's weird, but it's it's different. Most people don't go for Starbucks and Jimmy John's, like, at literally the exact same time. It's true. I've never thought about those together because they're on opposite ends of town for me. Yeah. Uh, favorite instant messaging or texting service? Uh, iMessage uh, is really the main one that I use. iMessage for sure. I love iMessage. It's the killer feature of the iPhone, no matter what anyone else says. I 100% yep. believe that. Uh, it's scotch why I swap back. <laughs> scotch tape, masking tape, duct tape, gaff tape, or gorilla tape. Duct tape. Gaff tape, 100%. No question in my mind. Uh, FPS, controllers versus keyboard and mouse. How do you comfortably switch between the two? Uh, keyboard and mouse for first-person shooters, absolutely. You don't swap between them because controllers, unless you're playing Halo, is an abomination. Okay, so for me, it's keyboard and mouse for first-person shooters, which is why I usually get them on PC, and it's a controller for a third-person shooter. I don't know why I made that distinction in my mind, but that's just kind of the way I play now. I um, do. I, I get that. Yeah, If you, and it says, I don't believe either of you are huge on watching sports, but what about fictional sports? Is there one sport from a fictional universe that could get you to watch it regularly? Uh, Blitzball. N no, um, probably <laughs> Quidditch. Like Blitzball is terrible, but Quidditch actually seems kind of cool because they're flying. I don't think anything could. I don't watch sports because I want to participate in activities. I don't want to just be a bystander watching activities. I think the same would be true for a fictional sport too. Um, Disney Plus and Marvel Plus, and it looks like we kind of have a run of Disney and Marvel things here coming up. So Disney Plus, Marvel Plus, which show are you most looking forward to? 
the Mandalorian is the show, and really probably all the Star Wars shows except for the Cassian Andor one, and then uh, WandaVision. I'm super excited to see what that is. Interesting. For me, it's Mandalorian for sure, and then probably second up is the Obi-Wan show, but we're farther away from that. Um, yeah. Okay, Disney Plus or Marvel show that you're most interested in seeing because it's different from what you're most looking forward to. Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I love the way that those two interact. I want to see if they can hold a show. I'm really interested in seeing WandaVision because I want to see what they do. Like that that could go so many directions. I just I want to see it. I'm not as excited as other things, but I'm definitely interested. Gotcha. Um, Marvel Plus or Disney show or Disney Plus Marvel show whose existence you are baffled by and don't see it as necessary. Cassie and Andor. <laughs> Take it away. OK, uh, for me, it's Loki. Like, I don't think it needs to be there, but I'm interested in seeing it anyway. Um, right. Marvel property you think will never see the big screen or little screen. Uh, a close adaptation of the Spider-Man clone saga from the 90s. It will pr- never be there. Um, I think the Spider-Man loves Mary Jane or Mary Jane loves Spider-Man where all of it is from Mary Jane's perspective. I would love oh. to see that. It would be amazing, but I don't think we're ever going to. The next question is, what Marvel property do you want to see on the big or little screen? And you and I both put the exact same answer as above. So I think yep. that's pretty self-explanatory. We, we love things that will never get there and we want to see it because it will never get there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, continuation of the Marvel Netflix onto Disney Plus and Hulu side. Why or why not? Uh, I want to see a continuation of some of them. Uh, I really got into Iron Fist uh, season two and Daredevil season three. Um, I really want to see what happens to those characters uh, like uh, Misty Knight and uh, 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 Colleen. Like, I really want to see what goes on with them, uh, even if it's not a continuation of the show. I am okay with a clean break. I don't need them to come back. I think that they got really lame in the later seasons. I think every one of those Netflix ones had a really good idea for one season, except Iron Fist is questionable. But after that first season of each one, it it didn't really work for me. Um, Okay, you will receive an action figure or pop figure of yourself as one fictional character. Which character is it? And I said that I don't need this. This is not something I'm actually interested in. I give mine to BJ. So BJ, you now get two. Uh, I suppose um, me as a Jedi and Obi-Wan's clone armor, you know, where it's got the robe over sure. the like almost stormtrooper armor. I'd love for that. And I guess like I want to see me stylized as an Akira Toriyama style, like Dragon Quest style character where because I just love his art and see what he would do to me. <laughs> um, OK, what did you wear for Halloween? And then the other one that's a follow up and you and I did the same answer for this. So what did you want to wear for Halloween? So both of us wore exactly what we wanted to wear. Yeah, I wore a janky old broke hobo Spider-Man outfit, and it was awesome. I loved it. I wore just a normal winter coat and gloves, and I chased my children around trick-or-treating, and it was perfect. That's what I wanted to be doing. Um, What did you always wish you had as a Halloween costume growing up? Like, I didn't really get in, have anything that I always wanted that I didn't get to do. Um, I guess it was like having a real Jedi or Sith robe set. Like, I had uh, homemade makeshift ones that we did, but I never had one with, like, the under tunic and the over robe and the belt and everything with the different colors of, of cloth and all of it. Like, I would love, like, a full-on, like, Qui-Gon or uh, Luke real, like, full-on uh, robe set. Okay. Yeah, I'm just not really a costume person. I don't feel like I really missed out on anything. So I was fine. I was fine there. Um, Same question, but not costume related. What's one thing you always wanted as a kid? Do you still want it now? And if so, what's holding you back? 
the Dino Riders Tyrannosaurus Rex toy I wanted so badly and we were too poor to afford. Um, I do still want it now because of that nostalgia. And what's holding me back is that I think that it's going to be better for me to keep wanting it and not having it because I think it will lose meaning to me if I own it. <laughs> okay, that's fair. Um, I always wanted every video game console, like every modern console. Whenever you asked me as a kid, it's like whatever I didn't have, I wanted the other thing also. And I do still want it now. And nothing is holding me back. I'm super lucky. I basically buy every video game console I want. So I consider myself blessed in that way, I guess. Um, okay, single or double knot on shoes? Single. Single, yep, for sure. Pen or pencil? A pen, but an erasable one in multiple colors. Oh, interesting. I go for pencil or a really, really, really nice pen that writes super smooth, but usually pencil. Mm -hmm. um, how many different electronic devices do you use in a day and what are they? Not, not, okay. It says not including appliances because that would get to be a long list. Uh, okay, so no refrigerators and stuff. Yeah. So uh, my phone, uh, desktop computer, my laptop, uh, three monitors attached to them, the PS4, my Apple Watch, and usually the Switch every day. Interesting. So I would have my phone, um, my computer, and my other computer, so a desktop and a laptop, and my Echo. I think those are the only four that I legitimately like will interact with every single day. Mm. Um, so it says now give up one of those devices. How does that change your life? Uh, I'll either probably give up the laptop or the desktop one or the other one would be less PC gaming uh, probably uh, the other would be like less mobility. I'd probably give up PC gaming and my desktop computer before any of the others. Yeah, that's exactly what I would do. I'd give up the desktop computer and it wouldn't really affect my life a whole lot except I couldn't play as many Steam games which eh, they're kind of few and far between. That's okay. Yeah, um, exactly. How do you arrange books and movies alphabetically author genre owner of the home like what what do you do? It's how they there's like a theme or a feeling. So maybe it's like uh, like Star Trek, the next generation and Voyager and Buffy and Angel, like those kind of shows like that I would watch together. Uh, and then we have books that are the same way, like there's our school books and then there's the books we love. And then there's like superhero DVDs and then there's like our Disney DVDs, like stuff like that. It's like there's an order to it, but there's no rhyme, reason or system. Okay. I just organize everything digitally. I don't really have physical things like for media. <laughs> so I just, at a click of a button, I can change the sorting to whatever I want it to be. And that's the way I prefer it. Um, okay. Who's your most unsung hero in your line of work? Uh, the customer support staff, the people who are on live chat and answering support tickets, they are the strongest human beings. Customer support are the strongest human beings in the world and so much respect. Uh, project managers, they make the world go round and nobody actually realizes it unless you've done that job or a similar job. That is true. Yeah. In your line of work, what do you see as the cap where you wouldn't want to get promoted anymore or have any more responsibility? Uh, for me, it's a content manager. Uh, so my, my manager, Nathan, oversees like all of the content that we put out. Like I would not want to oversee every single category and the entire uh, publication. I would like to be the top of like the editor of a particular section or category, uh, but not overseeing like the six things and making sure everything is. I don't want to be the project manager. I want to be like the step below that, the editor. Interesting. So for me, I... I'm a little bit higher up in like the leadership hierarchy. I don't think I would want to be all the way up to CEO. I think that's where I would stop. I'd stop one level below CEO. So something like chief marketing officer or like chief information officer, um, chief technology officer, something along those lines, I could definitely do. There's, there's something I've noticed with CEOs where you have to have a certain kind of visionary thinking. And what I'm really good at is taking somebody else's vision 
adding on to it, making it better, and then figuring out everything between where we are now and how to get to that, how to execute mm. it. Like I have that skill set, but I don't really have those like giant visionary thoughts in the way that a lot of CEOs do. So I would stop below CEO somewhere. Yeah, I got that. Okay. So you need to order and eat a sandwich right now. What type of sandwich is it? Either a Cuban or a chorizo uh, Oaxaca cheese torta. Those are my two favorite sandwiches. <laughs> nice. Uh, something plain because I'm boring. I eat a lot of plain food, but I love it that way. It just needs to be bready. That's the important thing is it needs to be very bready. I don't need a lot of other ingredients with it. Um, same question, but for salad. Uh, Fuji apple with chicken salad from Panera Bread. It's my favorite salad right now. I would say salads are a no. <laughs> so no for me. Um, we all love... <laughs> Spider-Man, but should he be no, killed Potterman. off? In- it's Potterman. Potterman. It does say Spider-Man. Um, but should he be killed off in the MCU to make room for Miles Morales? If so, when should that happen? Oh, you and I blended on the same thing. Okay, I'll say it. Yeah. No, there's room for both. Why not have both? Everyone deserves yeah. to be there. Just because he was killed off in the ultimate line doesn't mean he has to be killed off in this one. I think it was silly then, and I think it's silly now. Yeah, 100%. Uh, best cartoon theme song from your childhood? X-Men the Animated Series or DuckTales? Oh, DuckTales is a good pull. Can I change my answer to DuckTales? My actual yes, answer here is uh, Captain Planet because it's still stuck in my head and maybe it's stuck in your head now too. Yes, maybe. It is. It doesn't take a lot to get that one, that earworm going. Um, your Planet. fellow host is in a food commercial. What are they eating? Pizza. Yeah, probably. I said for you, a giant Bro- cake. It's true. Giant cake would work. Also, now I, I need to change mine to bread. <laughs> yeah, I would just bread. eat bread. Oh, man, I'd eat bread all day. Okay, we got to keep going. I love bread, though. <laughs> I love bread. Um, your fellow host is facing a Bogart. What take, which takes on their worst fear? What does it turn into? A constant social gathering where you try to escape to another room for some peace and quiet, but there's only a larger gathering of people in there that time, and it happens over and over and over again. Yeah, that's basically torture. Good job. I said an existential dread of slipping back into becoming your old self. Oh, look at you. Yeah. Was your fellow host right? Uh, I would say close. I would say you're close to that, but generally I consider the existential dread of dying alone and unloved as being my worst fear. Okay, so existential dread. I was in the right ballpark. It's true. Um, yeah, right there. No, I think I think you're basically you're basically right. Yeah. Just like an unescapable social situation forever and ever and ever. That would not be good. Um, <laughs> your fellow host Patronus takes the form of a video game character. What is it? Uh, Mario's green mushroom. Oh, yeah, for sure. I would say Spider-Man for you. Some yeah. kind of Spider-Man version from a video game. I do love Spider-Man. Yeah. Was that right? My first thought on this one was Dwarf Priest from WoW because I played so many years as a Dwarf Priest. But you're right. I do love Spider-Man so much that that would be like, save me, Peter! (laughs) Yeah, no, I think you got it. I would definitely be Mario's Green Mushroom. That'd be perfect. Just chasing around whatever whatever fears. Yeah, be perfect. Um, Marijuana becomes legal in your state. Do you have any interest? I hope it does, but I've never smoked it. I've never smoked anything at all, ever. So it wouldn't really affect me at all. But for other people who would, like, sure, let's go ahead. Let's tax it. Yeah, I feel the same way. Like, we should legalize it. should tax it there's all those reasons do i want any of it uh i don't want to smoke anything i've never smoked anything i don't feel any reason to there are other ways right there's edibles and there's things we're not going to get into all that i might be interested in something along those lines we would have to see where the laws land first exactly Um, what comic book character and series do you wish you knew more about this one i know was from rob because he just wanted to know this from us uh, Moon Knight for me. I really want to know more about Moon Knight and just have not uh, invested the time to read or research it. So tell me about Moon Knight, Rob. 
Um, I'm always just looking for an unknown gem that I haven't heard of before. Like he steered me right with Thor. He gave me on to like one of the Thor series. It's probably my favorite favorite comic series ever. And also stuff like uh, Mary Jane Loves Spider-Man that I talked about before. Like it's this like weird one-off that not a lot of people know about, but I really like it. So hidden gems. That's what I'm looking for. Some kind of hidden gems. Okay. We have a series of questions here around uh like the podcast and the network and stuff like that so what was your vision for the network when you started and how did you know and connect everyone on the geek to geek network so i'm gonna say that up front we didn't really have a vision beyond like let's get geeks to connect to one each to one another and like give people a place to connect i think that was why we called it geek to geek in the first place and then I'm trying to remember how we connected everything. I think Rob was some kind of catalyst that kicked us off. And then we started looking for more people and keeping our eyes out. Does that sound right? Yeah, I think so. Like, I know Rob really was the catalyst. Uh, We got him. He's really good at talking to people and knowing people. And then I reached out to Joe on like a months and months old, uh, like podcast recommendation uh, tweet and like, hey, you'd like our show. And we all just became friends at that point. Yeah, it was really good. But I'm I'm super happy with where the network is and just having a community. I mean, that's what we wanted to build, right? A community of people right. that are not what you would stereotypically think of as geek because there's something for everybody that you can geek out about. And we really wanted to kind of attract people that aren't bad, basically, right? It, yeah. You don't have to be an adult. You don't have to be like a kid or like not this or not that. It's just you got to have a positive attitude and be like accepting of people. Like that's the kind of geek that we want to attract. So I'm super happy with how everything has turned out. Yeah. Like we wanted to bring people together to talk about stuff that they loved and really no matter what that was. And I think we've done a pretty good job of it. Like we've seen baby pictures and wedding pictures and like we have now have life advice channels just to uh, on Slack and discord, just to be able to talk with people uh, and vent and see what other people think about uh, situations. Like it's, it's really turned into something I'm really proud of being a part of. Yeah, it's awesome. Um, Okay, so we have a bunch here about like podcast production itself. So how long does it take you to release a podcast per week? Um, A lot of these are more for me. There's a couple places I need you to weigh in here. Um, So I would say that we record for maybe 10 minutes longer than the final show is. Sometimes it's only like five minutes extra. I cut out coughs. I cut out notes to ourselves. Sometimes we flub a line or we have half a thought and realize we should have said that a different way. And so I'll just like cut that out. But you guys are missing maybe five minutes of our full conversation. There's not a whole lot that I take out of it. Um, But we do prep throughout the week. So I prep by like writing my thoughts in the document and kind of like looking at the document over and over and adding to it. You prep more in your head, right? Yeah, I think a lot about stuff and uh, answers that I'm going to have like to the questions here. Um, It's kind of the same tactic that I took when I was teaching. It was like I didn't write a lot of my notes down. I wrote like bullet points or even just thought about, okay, here's the here's the order I'm going to cover things today and uh, went from there because I tend to go off the cuff a lot more than being able to follow a lot of notes. Yeah, usually the five or 10 minutes right before we record, BJ writes everything from his half in the show document. Whereas for me, it's a slow process as I think about it during the week when I'm doing other things, I'll add a sentence here or there or like a new bullet point here or there. So we kind of build it as we go, but just in different ways. And we found a way to make it work together, which is awesome. Um, Apart apart from recording it, how much time do you dedicate to editing? So I'm going to expand this a little, not just editing, but I would say the entire post-production process. So that's like I clean up the audio. I do a bunch 
bunch of like filters and just audio cleanup work on it. Um, and then after that, you know, I edit the whole thing and then I export it and then I have to encode it. I have to upload it. I have to schedule it. Right. So this is all encompassing like post-production. I'm changing your question, but I think this is what you're kind of asking about. So these days I'm doing about 2x. Whatever the recording time is, I take about twice as long to do the post-production. When I started doing this, we were probably at about 6x. So an hour-long episode would take me about six hours of post-production. I've tightened it up a lot over time just through processes, changes I've made, and being able to move faster just because practice, right? But I would say if you haven't ever edited before, you're looking at probably, like if this is your first time doing a podcast, you are going to spend 10 to 20 times longer than you recorded actually doing the post-production because that's what it's going to take. That's always what it takes when you start out. It's a really long time. Um, And that's normal. That's very normal. And it comes down over time so these ties if you see a 45 minute episode it probably took me an extra hour and a half to work on it afterwards that sounds about right right i always text you when i'm done yeah usually do that's about right i uh and then i go through most weeks and either write up a bunch of notes and clip or clean up the notes that we've made for ourselves and uh make sure that they're readable for people and to put in yeah do you use very sophisticated equipment what kind of microphones editing software audio boards that kind of thing so i would say not really um both of us have a couple dedicated microphones for it and that's really the only thing that we've spent money on um i have a snowball blue that is what you used to use too but what are you using Mm -hmm. these days Uh, i'm using the rode procaster microphone at this point and i have it on a boom arm because work got it for me for uh for my live streams so it was an upgrade from the uh, yeti blue that i had or the blue i don't know the blue yeti whatever it is um had that and it connects into the like scarlet 2i2 hub but again it's because i had uh had it sent from work rather than uh than purchasing it myself because i wouldn't have known what to get and then audacity i just record that and export it as a wave yeah so the yeti the yeti blue is like i said that's what i use it goes directly into the computer just via usb and works great like i don't have any extra hub or anything in between um soundproofing i have a little bit around where i'm sitting but not a ton i don't have a soundproof room which i see that's the next question on here so like neither of us has a soundproof room we've done a little Mm -hmm. bit of work to soundproof like just the immediate area that we're sitting in but that's about it right yeah, really. I've got some panels, the foam panels I got on Amazon. I have a, uh, I don't even know, what's it called? The trifold uh, boards that you get, the poster board things at Walmart uh, that I have Velcroed those to and uh, set it up uh, near my desk, like around it, things like that. Um, it's not anything special or that I spent probably more than $15 on. Yeah. And if you're looking for advice on this, uh, take it from me doing production for years and years. If you want the cheap version of this, grab a bunch of blankets and pillows and pile them up around where you're recording. It does almost as good as professional soundproofing. You would be amazed. That's all you actually really need. Aaron Mankey told us at Podcast Movement he uses uh, moving blankets, uh, a tall desk, and uh, like PVC pipe that he made frames on and drapes the drapes the blankets over for lore. That's what he records on to this day. Yeah, that's all you really need. There's not a whole lot. There's a lot of tricks. You can use stuff that you have in your house already. You don't need much more than that. And a um, pop filter. Make sure you get pop filters. Very important. Yes. I do have like two pop filters on my mic right now. That's a good point. I have two pop filters. I forget about it because they're part of the mic for me now. But yeah, two yeah. pop filters are, that's a way to go. Um, 
the other thing would be audacity for raw for raw audio recording that's what both of us use and then for editing i use adobe edition which is honestly it's kind of overkill for a podcast but i'm very familiar with the adobe editing suite because i did production work for years and years so i'm a lot faster when i'm in audition compared to something else so that's why i use that one yeah and i get totally confused by audition even after you sent me the templates that you use so whenever i have to edit anything i'm terrible at it and i just use audacity to cut out the stuff that i need and then use Alphonic for uh, basic basic leveling and noise reduction yep and that's all you really need to do i do a little bit more than you have to but just because like i said i'm faster doing it that way anyway um and then last question from this person if i'm not wrong you don't live in the same city right what kind of software do you use to make the call so yes you are correct we are across the country i'm in the twin cities and you are in alabama in what's your area called i know what city uh, you live the in. shoals the shoals uh, i'm in florence alabama about 30 minutes below the uh, tennessee state line yeah so i'm in the twin cities uh we use discord we've tried a bunch of other things over time and we keep coming back to discord just because the latency works really well for us so mm-hmm. it has worked out over time and we do record locally, like we don't record over uh, Discord itself. We don't have anything to set up the, the call recording. We just do local recordings, and then he puts them together. Yes, yeah, so that's the other thing that I would say is that makes a gigantic difference in sound quality. Yes. Record on your own computer in Audacity just your own audio track and use some third system that doesn't connect to any of your recordings to actually talk to each other. That will make a world of difference. That's like, it that's does. key. Um, and then this person also said, I think episodes I enjoy the most are special ones. Like they said, Final Fantasy, RPG series, Nintendo 3DS look back, um, how to pick a game console, stuff like that. Any plans to record similar episodes to this one? So I would say yes. Um, mm-hmm. It all depends on the week, right? And it depends on what we're interested in. It depends what's new, what's happening out there, and what we have time to prep for. So it's kind of a lot of things that interplay with each other. Um, the ones that you mentioned, they're all a little bit more prep time than we've had lately. But the other reason is just that we're in the fall right now and everything comes out. It's like every week there's a new thing and there's almost always something that we're excited about. So it's more fun to talk about it in real time as it's coming out so we can share it with other people and have that conversation. Yeah, and I like episodes like that a lot. And so we do too. Like I kind of, we as a, as a pair like those kinds of episodes. So we have a ton of ideas like that in our idea list that we keep underneath our show notes. And so we'll go back whenever we're having a dearth of ideas or have some extra time that we'll pick from. So yeah, there are definitely more coming. We just have no idea when. Yeah, for sure. Um, The next set of questions is for me and about kids and stuff. So I'll try to fly through this. So uh, Void, you have children. I remember in an episode you said a teacher was surprised that your children are great at reading because of video games. What kind of games do you let them play? Um, So I said that I think anything is okay. Um, And I know that's kind of a vague answer. It's just that in general, I make sure it doesn't have like adult topics or extreme violence, right? I screen for like realistic depictions of violence or things that I don't want them to see either. But outside of like those, it's kind of everything else is fine. ESRB ratings help a ton, honestly. Um, You know, they can play basically anything that's E-rated. They can play most things that are T-rated, but those are the games that I screen the most and then i don't really let them do a whole lot of m-rated games i think there have been like one at one point for some reason but those are super rare right so the t games are the ones that i spend maybe five minutes researching but honestly i know so much more about the games coming out than my kids do because this is what i do as my main hobby that like (laughs) it's not a whole lot of work for me to know what's happening Yeah, if your kids know about a video game before you do, I would be so amazed. Like, they need to get a trophy for that, for being on top of it more than you. 
Yeah. Um, so do you play with them or let them dive in themselves? Uh, both, but mostly, honestly, these days, they're just kind of diving in themselves. Like they want to play games. You know, games are meant to be played. Like they don't need to be overseen by me. They just need to go play and have fun. So I just let them play a lot. Um, do you interact with your kids or how do you interact with your kids with video games? So like I said, I play some with them. There's some stuff that we do co-op or we take turns trading off and on, but that's more of the exception than the rule. Most of the time they're playing games on their own. I'm playing games on my own and we talk about it, right? Like that's probably my biggest interaction is talking about it, which is why I love doing this podcast. It's why I love talking to our community, like our geek geek community. I like talking about video games. So around my house, the questions like, what are you playing? Is it good? Like, what do you like about it? Would I like it? Those are all very common questions and like conversations that I'm having with my kids almost every day. So that's, that's where video games kind of come up between me and my kids. Um, and then so it, I have a question that goes on to that. Yeah. Um, with that, like, and you talking about them playing games by themselves, do they have access to download things on the eShop or like the PlayStation store on their own? Or do they require your permission or uh, authorization to do that? No. So they always go through me to like get any new game, download any new game, whether it's free, whether it costs money. I always screen everything. But because I know games the way I do, my screening process is like five seconds like i know okay. what's happening right but they they're not allowed to just do it on their own okay cool like just the way that it was like you know what are you playing is it good that kind of thing i realized cams comes mostly from them but i wanted to just check and say it's like oh this looks cool and then they download and it's like oh no right so yeah um and then so what age did i let them start playing video games basically forever kind of since birth i mean babies don't play video games but as soon as they could interact with an ipad or a controller they were playing stuff um and then are you afraid they'd be sucked into a toxic community of some video games um no because they're not really part of any gaming communities right like i lock down chats and i lock down friends and all of that functionality in games that's like the one thing that i am super strict about um i also yeah. i talk to them about online safety you know who you should talk to the kind of info that you don't give out to people people that you would walk away from or exit a game or stop interacting with immediately that kind of thing anytime there's chat functionality in a game they know to immediately bring it to me and talk about it and clear it with me or disable it or something like that. So that's like the one area that I'm the most strict about. But because of that, I'm not really worried about them getting into a toxic situation. So I have a question on this one. This, yeah. And this one is, this one's kind of funny to me just to ask. Okay. So have they ever played Fortnite? Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 Okay. Okay, so like with the stuff like in uh, Avengers Endgame where Thor has to get on and threaten the guy for, uh, for, for for like harassing his buddy, do do you let them have any kind of voice chat or anything like that? Or is it just as or is it straight up like that is never going to happen because of those kind of uh, interactions? No, no, I just disable voice chat for them and then they're cool. fine and they never think about it again. Yeah, I mean, I do the same thing for myself. I was really just curious if they ever get on and do stuff like that at all. So no, cool. not really. Um, OK, and then the last question from this person. Uh, I'm approaching 30 and considering having children in the future. I love video games and want them to think video gaming can be a legitimate hobby and have a positive influence on their lives. Can you tell us some tips about parenting with video games in general? So my one thing, and it's more like technology related, but it definitely applies to video games, is don't put things on a pedestal for kids. Because as soon as you do that, that is all that they want. Like, I've seen so many other parents be like, oh, you can only have iPad for like five minutes a day, or you only get one hour and only after you do X, Y, Z. If you do that with technology or video games or honestly anything, but usually parents these days, other parents I've seen, they will do it with technology or video games or something like that. 
if you do that, that is all the kid will want to do. It is what they will obsess over. It will become their like driving motivation for everything. And that can get toxic really quickly. And then once they become a teenager and you can't say what they're doing with their day anymore, all they'll do is video games. All they'll do is iPad. And so what we did very early on is like iPads for my kids, it was just another thing. It was like another thing that they could do whenever they wanted to. And the first maybe couple weeks with it, it was like all they wanted to do because that's what happens. And then after that point, it became another tool in their box of things they can do, right? So they could spend a day watching YouTube videos, but my kids will stop and they're like, oh, let's go downstairs and play or let's build some Legos or let's go outside and bike. And it's literally just another thing like that. It's a thing like biking or making a craft or whatever. Because we integrated into their life so early and it's just part of their life, it's not something that we put way up here as something special. So that's my like number one tip for gaming and for technology with kids. And one of the things that I've noticed, I mean, I don't have kids and have no plans for having kids, but Austin, uh, who I do the Dragon Quest FM podcast with, uh, like we hang out and like seeing him interact with his kids. He has three daughters. And uh, one of the things that, that they see all the time is him playing the games. And so they've, you know, he's given them the controllers to play the same games as like RPGs, like his, his daughter Naomi will like go through the battles and Dragon Quest and stuff. But one of the things that they see is him stopping play. Like he doesn't sit there all day long and play. It's like when something comes up, he pauses a game and puts the controller away and goes and handles that. Or the same thing for them is like, okay, we're not going to do this anymore where it's not an all day, everyday thing. Even when he's binging stuff, it's stuff comes up. So they never see that almost unhealthy obsession of sitting there all day long, not moving and doing anything. And I've always thought that was a really neat just to watch Naomi sit there and be like, okay, we have to do something else now where I've seen other kids like cry giving up the controller. Yeah, that's a really good point. Just like mirroring and like, you know, doing the activity the way that you would want them to do it. Like kids pick up on that a lot, a lot. Um, Okay, next question. Uh, Any updates on Magic the Gathering? Any interest in paper decks for me or my kids? Um, And how is the rotation of Eldraine been? So for me, I think it's fun overall, but I'm slowing down on it because the current Throne of the Eldraine meta is just slow and it's like not super fun for me. So I'm probably going to wait till the next set comes out before I do a ton of diving back in. But the kids and I, we do have a bunch of paper decks that we break out occasionally. And I haven't really done any other like in-store events since the last time we talked about it. You know, maybe I'll do that again in the future, but like figuring out scheduling is just the hardest part. I haven't played much on Magic myself. Uh, lately, Eldraine seems neat and I've been intimidated on getting into a new set. It's just sitting down and doing it and learning the cards after I've already had decks. Same thing that happens in CCGs every time. Okay, we have another set of rapid fire questions here. Um, So let's dive into this. These are there's so many questions. You guys sent them all right at the end, I swear. Um, And we love you for this. We do. Let us put this out there that we do love you for this because this is super fun. It is. This is really fun. Um, So curious to hear our thoughts about the new Persona 5 Scramble trailer since it looks so unlike other Musou games. I'm so excited about this game. Like, I don't tend to like Musou games, but they are advertising this more as an action RPG. And I think that what excites me the most is that this is an actual sequel to Persona 5 and not like a prequel or a midquel or something like Persona Q. So I am crazy excited to know that this story continues more than any of the gameplay. Yep. No, I want more story. That's I'm in the exact same spot. Um, what are some of your favorite indie hidden gen, gem games? I feel like this is one that we just talk about them as they come up. I didn't have anything specific that we haven't talked about before. 
I know that uh, I, I harp on it before, but Cosmic Star Heroin is probably my favorite indie game. Uh, like, y'all need to get it and play it. Like, it's just great. And that company, uh, uh, Zaboid Games, is coming out with uh, Cthulhu Saves Christmas, uh, I think, toward the end of this year, using that same engine uh, that's been tweaked a bit. So that's, like, my biggest indie hidden gem. That and Cat Quest, because Cat Quest is just so much fun. If I had to pick something, I'd probably say Steam World dig two that game is amazing mm. and not enough people have played it oh it's uh, so good it's usually like three dollars when it's on sale on the switch like buy it y'all just buy it buy it for whatever price it's so good yeah it's so good um if you had to start a whole new identity online what would your new handle be oh i don't know about a handle mine would probably be something star wars and running related this time though because i was actually teaching when i became professor beach i was a professor and now it doesn't fit but everyone tells me not to change it so i'm stuck but it would be star wars and running somehow yeah i'm stuck too i would do something more alliterative because i did that with my kids as we were coming up with screen names for them and i love it and their screen names are better than mine now so Aww. yeah something more alliterative um is there any new music you've added to your regular rotation this year I've been listening to a lot more Janelle Monet. Uh, Dirty Computer specifically as a uh, as an album is brilliant, and I love it. And uh, so, yeah, y'all should go listen to that. Um, I added Mariana's Trench because I didn't realize how much of their stuff I already liked and that they, it was all from the same band. And I was like, oh, okay, these guys are good. So I've been incorporating more and more of their stuff. Um, okay, I'll, I'll check that out. Yeah, what weather do you enjoy dressing for the most? Hoodie weather. Hoodie weather is my favorite weather where it is about 55 to 60 degrees. I wear long pants, uh, a hoodie, and uh, generally chucks or something like that where I'm comfortable, can push up my sleeves uh, or pull them down. Like it is, it is delightful and it's that right now, like crisp autumn air. Love it. Yeah, I would say this time of year, like layering weather, and just because like Minnesotans are pro at layering, so I get to you know do that. And it's probably colder than it is for you. You're saying 50s or 60s. I'm I think like 20s to 50s, 20s to 40s. Like that's fall around here. So okay, fall 20s temperatures. is. 20 is deep winter for us like that is like you you make fun of me a lot. Where 20s is we may not leave our house weather. Yeah, and 20s is like you might throw on a t-shirt for the day, but you have to layer over it. That's the thing, right? Minnesotans don't dress for... Okay, I'm in a tangent. I know this is supposed to be a quick one, but it's weather and I'm Minnesotan. <laughs> so Minnesotans, we don't dress for what the temperature is. We dress for what the temperature will be. Like you check the weather in the morning and it can be 20 degrees outside, but you dress for 40 degrees because it's going to be 40 degrees later or it's going to be 50 when it's sunny out. So it's like, whatever, I'm going to walk from my house to my car and then my car inside. And that's all that I'm going to do between now and when it's like 50 degrees. So do I really need another layer on or can I just do a T-shirt and jeans? Yeah, T-shirt and jeans is fine. Like that's the thinking process that goes into most Minnesotans head on a day to day basis. It's just like this background process. But we don't dress for what the weather is. We just dress for like the possibilities of weather later in the day. Hmm. Yeah, that's not at all how we do it. We do it for generally like what's going on right now. Like I've been caught just unbearably hot because I'm like, oh, it's really cold right now. And I wear a hoodie or a coat or something. It's like... Oh, I should have left that in the car. I'm miserable right now. <laughs> I just don't understand other places in the country where you don't check the weather like five times a day because it's just something everybody here does. Um, the closest thing I have is one of the corners of my Apple Watch tells me what uh, temperature it is outside. Like that no, is but that's the right now. I'm talking about checking minimum. the next like 12 hours. Like I just do that multiple times throughout my day every day. And everybody else that I know does the exact same thing. 
Oh yeah, nope, not even a thing. Like we look, we seriously sometimes. I I go weeks without even looking at the weather sometimes, and I know like I will look at a like fourteen day forecast, and I'm like, oh, this is what it'll be doing next week, and then I might check it next week just to see if it's changed. Yeah, I trust the twelve hour forecast, and then we'll look out like maybe a day or two. But that's that's it. We're always you got to keep an eye on the weather in the state. Yeah, you have to. Like you don't have to here. Like you absolutely must. Like it is a a life or death thing sometimes for y'all. Sometimes, um, sometimes okay. not Sorry. often. That but... was definitely a tangent. Uh, it's time to go to the movies. Are you sneaking snacks or are you stopping at the counter? I always buy at the movies. I don't sneak snacks in. Uh, My wife and I are both rule followers, and we want to support the actual local theater. Uh, So we uh, we know they don't make money on movies, and we want to continue having a theater. So we buy concessions there. (laughs) Me, it just depends on how much I planned ahead. I will gladly sneak something in if I have it, and if not, I'll buy it at the counter. It's kind of kind of flip of a coin. Um, How do you pass time on a long drive? If I'm with somebody, I'm generally talking to them. If I'm alone, I will belt out bad songs, uh, like my really poorly sung favorite old terrible songs. Um, I'll probably listen to audiobooks. Uh, but there's a lot of times, like when I was commuting to work a lot, where it was just silence and me meditating, trying to to really bring everything in. Yeah, for me, it's always either a podcast or it's talking to somebody. If there's somebody else there with me. Um, what's your favorite way to travel? Flying at this point. Like, I really hate driving. I get panic driving and riding a lot. So uh, flying is by far the best for me. I like flying just because it's faster, not because of the other things. But yeah, just speed. Um, what is your daily gear? The stuff you have in your pockets or bags every single day? Every day I have Burt's Bees Chapstick. It is the one thing I have to have in my pocket all the time. My phone, uh, my watch, and uh, wallet and keys. Like, I don't actually carry a bag very often anymore, uh, so I don't even... That's just the daily gear that I have. Sometimes I have a backpack that has, like, cords and a laptop in it, but since I work at home, I don't have much stuff anymore. So... I would this would actually require its own episode for me to go through what I take with me on a daily basis. So I'm going to have to high level this. I have an everyday bag that is a backpack and it has a ton of stuff in it. And it's a holdover from my past life of working in video production. I'm basically ready for a photo shoot or a video shoot at the drop of a hat in any weather, in any condition. And all of that functions out of my one bag. Plus, I have everything in this bag that I need for a day-to-day office life because that's where I am most of the time now. And yeah, I could I could take this bag for like traveling away from anything for a day and be fine. So that i think i have to leave it there otherwise it's too much into the weeds but like that could be its own episode of the podcast yeah i take a lot i take a lot with me um elon musk has invited you to participate in an exploratory space flight around the solar system and will build you any ship you can show him pictures of what spaceship are you taking a superstar destroyer i want that so much like <laughs> okay. the executor or something like that like like vader's command ship it's what i want I mean, I want to say something classic like the Millennium Falcon, but honestly, like if I'm actually going to go travel for a while, I want whatever the biggest ship is with the most like creature comforts. That's what I'm actually asking for. If we're just talking about the style, though, yeah, I like the Millennium Falcon. It's like beat up and used, but it's functional and I'm all about function over form. It's great. 
Yeah. I wonder how comfortable the Millennium Falcon would be. Like, it looks lived in so much that it could either be, like, super comfy just to lounge around in or terrible because sometimes old cars are like, oh, what have they done to this? So I'm really curious, like, in real-world situation, how comfy would it be to travel on the Millennium Falcon? <laughs> I don't think it's comfortable. I think it's lived in. It doesn't look super comfortable. And it's not actually all that big if you look at blueprints, which I have because it's Star Wars. Right. Like, you know, it is what it is. Um. Okay, what's the weirdest movie you've ever seen? It is a silent film. That is done by a Slavic. I can't remember his name. A Slavic screen, uh, like auteur cre- uh, film creator. That was an adaptation of the fall of the house of usher if you ever get a chance to see just a weird silent film of the fall of house of usher it is super weird and like i can't even find his name i've been looking it up super odd (laughs) uh for me it's probably primer primer that was the first movie that i remember giving me like a really weird headspace and like kind of being trippy with its subject matter by the end of it so i'm gonna go with that i'll say primer um Tell us one movie you've seen that you liked but are embarrassed to talk about. Oh, I misunderstood this. I I read it wrong. Just I thought it was one movie that you've seen but are embarrassed to talk about. So I didn't answer that I liked. So let me say that I did not like this. Um, but I'm embarrassed that I watched Bum Fights when I was in college. Um, that now I look back and was like, those are terribly exploitative. And uh, I'm ashamed to have paid money with my friends to rent that. Uh, so that's what I'm embarrassed about. I don't really get embarrassed about things that i like i we've done episodes on things that it's like i'm i I love fast and furious movies and stuff and i just own what i like i know it's terrible but like in terms of movies that i've seen and are embarrassed about bum fights and faces of death are the ones that's like i would rather not have ever seen those yeah and i did i went with the like you know if you liked it but were embarrassed like i don't have anything because if i like it i'm not embarrassed by it like yeah embrace what you like don't be ashamed of it um how many episodes of a TV show have you watched in a row? I I have the exact same answer that you do. Okay. Um, so you go ahead. Yeah. So I said that I've probably done a marathon, a marathon from like waking up all the way to bedtime. But it's been such a long time that I don't actually know how many episodes like that would entail. But whatever, waking yeah. up and watching TV literally all the way through the day. I'm sure I've done that at some point. Yeah, I know I've watched entire seasons of TV shows in one sitting before without really getting up except to go to the bathroom and maybe grab a bite to eat. So it's a bunch, like basically all of your waking hours. So what, 17 to 20 hours of it? Yeah, yeah, me too. It's a lot. Um, What was the last book that you read? The book I'm reading right now is uh, uh, the Fifth Lightbringer book by Brent Brent Weeks, and then I read um, Fall by Neil Stevenson. Was probably the last one, but I didn't finish it. Like I haven't finished it yet, but it was the one right before this. Okay, I read Star Wars Thrawn, the treason book, which I know I talked about on the podcast, and then I'm in Mm -hmm. the middle of Master and Apprentice for Star Wars right now. I'm just in a Star Wars mood. Um, What is your favorite kind of candy? Oh, my God. Everlasting Gobstoppers are probably my favorite. Oh, okay. man. I just love them. For me, it totally depends on my mood. It's it's so variable these days. It used to be Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. Like, that was it. Mm. If you'd ask me, that would always be the answer. And now it's not. Now it's, it's so dependent on what I'm in the mood for. It um, does. I mean, the only one that I will... I've, I will not turn down candy. Like, I have so much candy here, but something about Gobstoppers that are just so good. <laughs> what vacation was your favorite vacation? 
Uh, Barcelona was my first international travel. Uh, it was a company retreat, so it wasn't quite a vacation, but it was it was a vacation, and uh, so I loved it. But like the Star Wars Disney run that I did that weekend of doing those three races uh, was just amazing. Like the whole experience was probably one of my favorite vacations I've ever had. Like I can't think of any experience where I've just felt more fulfilled and happy. Nice. Um, For me, it depends because I do two different types of vacations. Either I'm going to do like an adventure vacation. And if I do that, I'm going to line up things to do nonstop the entire time I'm gone. I will just go, go, go and experience like everything I can. The other type is relaxing where I do none of that. And I try not to do anything except like sit and just like play video games or read books or like sit by the beach. Right. So if we're talking about adventure vacation, probably going to Europe. Like I went to Europe in college, went with a bunch of friends and we went around for like two and a half, three weeks. That was amazing. Um, If we're talking about relaxing vacation, my favorite was probably Cancun with my wife and just like taking it easy by the beach and having everything like all expenses paid, you know, at the resort that we were at. So you just go grab food, get whatever you can get drinks delivered to you, all that kind of thing. So I have two answers for that one. Um, That sounds great. Have you ever fallen in love with a really dumb creative idea? And even knowing it's dumb, you can't help yourself anyway. Yep. There are a number of manuscripts that I've written through novels and things like that, that I just have not either finished or edited to be able to uh, publish that uh, they're still sitting on my hard drive that I'm just like, what was I thinking, man? Like it's why would I write this story or why would I write this novel? It's like it's just it's finished. And it's like, don't think that's going to see the light of day. I've got trunk novels. Yeah, totally. That's funny. I think most writers of novels have that trunk novel is a term I've heard all over the place. Um, For me, yes, I have had creative ideas like this. It's almost always been when I was tired and I was video editing and I was overworked without enough sleep. Um, And when I was younger, when I would work, (laughs) when I would work more than I should have worked because of the agencies I was in and the situations I was in at the time. Um, But we would take footage from the projects we were working on and we would mess with it and do crazy motion graphics things with it. And those videos will never see the light of day. So I will not share them. But yes, absolutely. I have done things like that. Do you still have them? I know where to find them. I do not okay. actually have them, but I know I know the people who still do have them. Um, All right. Yeah. Um, okay. I was just curious because sometimes you lose those and like they're just gone for the ages, like they're just lost. And sometimes you know exactly where they are so that you can protect them and make sure that no one ever sees them. Yeah, exactly. Working on client projects when you've been editing for 80 hours that week, like, yeah, things happen. Um, yep. Okay. Do you have any glaring gaps in geekery or fandom that you're otherwise really invested in? Oh, man. There are so many Star Wars novels and comics. Right now, it's the Star Wars comics that I'm just like, I haven't read hardly any of those, and I'm really behind. Um, like, it's that's probably the the biggest, like, not having finished, like, the Legacy of the Force uh, series or the uh, Star Wars Apocalypse uh, novels back in the day. Like, I just never read them. It's like where Jason went to the dark side, things like that. Like, I never read all of uh, all of those. And so I really feel like I should have. Interesting. For me, it's probably Final Fantasy XI. For as much as I love Final Fantasy, that is the one Final Fantasy that I played less than half an hour of and i was just like nope i'm never going back to this this is a really bad game yeah i i wish i'd spent like i don't know half an hour on it i spent more time than i probably spent a couple of eh, probably a couple of weeks to a couple of months on it i don't remember but yeah it's a bad game (laughs) yeah um what game would you like to receive an hd remake or remaster treatment that will likely never see this treatment i could not think of a single game like that um that I want to see, but I guess like 
I'm hoping it's Xenogears. Like, the hope beyond hope is that they're going to do a remake or remaster of Xenogears, bringing it up to uh, bringing it up to current standards and maybe even expanding the end of the game that they ran out of money for. Nice. I mean, for me, I did two in here, so I'll make up for you not having one. Um, I'd say if we're doing a remaster and, like, bring something up to current speed, I would love DDR. I would love Dance Dance mm. Revolution to make a comeback and just, like, bring every song there's ever been get a new dance pad that's higher quality just remaster that thing if we're talking about a full-on remake right like final fantasy 7 type of like we're remaking this from the ground up the game i want that i'm sure will never happen is final fantasy 9 like i would love that. oh yeah i would love that so much yeah oh um, that okay. sounds just brilliant like i just want an episode of just talking about what it could be <laughs> just, oh. um, we could do that we have that ability <laughs> that's true we have the yeah. power if you could only have one game to play for the rest of your life, what game would you choose and why? Um, I hate myself for answering this, but I think it's World of Warcraft. Okay. I, I've put more hours into that game than anything else. So if I had, like, it's gaming comfort food. Like, it's the one I'm embarrassed of. And it's not even that I'm embarrassed of it. It's that I'm ashamed of myself, like a drug addict who keeps going back to it over and over again. It's like, but if it were push come to shove, it's like... Come on, I love you. I'll take you back even after you've abused me. It's like that's that's me in World of Warcraft. It's like I'm relapsing. I would it would be it. That that's absolutely it. J Capsule J on Discord this morning uh, said every time I go back to World of Warcraft, it's more like a uh, a relapse than it is a, a homecoming. And it's like yeah, that's that's pretty apt. So yeah, World of Warcraft. Yeah, I would pick I'd pick a live services game of some kind. Um, at the moment, I'd probably say Magic the Gathering or Magic the Gathering Arena, just because I know that they're going to keep making it and it'll keep changing. Like I need something that gives me new things. I can't just play the same thing over and over. So I would have to pick a live services game that I know will keep changing over time. So like I totally get you saying, wow, I think right now I'd have to say like Magic the Gathering Arena, probably. Mm, I can see that. Yeah. What is your earliest gaming memory and what do you think is the game that really made you a gamer. My earliest gaming memory is getting the Atari 2600 from my cousin, hooking it up to a 13-inch black and white TV, uh, sitting in the back room of my house uh, where we had it hooked up, playing Adventure and Pac-Man and like Moon Patrol, things like that on the uh, Atari. And like along with that, I remember being in a store, I think it was Roses, uh, if anybody remembers old Roses department stores. Um, and I think this was like 1984, 85. So I'm like maybe two years old. I remember being in a in a in a store grab like looking for an extra atari controller on the shelf and finding it and uh like grabbing it and i don't remember if it was in a box or if it was by itself like they were loose or anything and like grabbing the joystick in roses i think and just pressing the button and playing with it not hooked up to a game but because i was used to playing it on the tv at home like that like those are the two earliest memories i have that go kind of hand in hand of being like two-ish years old with video games that's awesome yeah for me it's probably playing the original super mario brothers on an original nintendo entertainment system at daycare i was like in a house daycare not like a you know big system daycare and it's probably four ish i think um but I remember that very, very distinctly. Like, that's a memory that sticks out for me. And I think that's also the game that made me a gamer. Like, Super Mario, I mean, if you haven't noticed, my icon everywhere is a green mushroom. And 
it's probably because of that honestly right yeah um for me what game or game series would you never want your children to play this is one where i think i kind of talked about this already but like they can kind of play whatever once they're old enough you know they're still at that age where it's like i'm protecting them from some things but they are their own people and i want them to be their own people and i don't want to be controlling of their lives like they're going to get older and they'll be able to do whatever they want they can play whatever game once they're older i learned I've learned from myself about that. My parents kept me from playing certain kinds of games, and all it made me do was go to my friends' houses and play those games. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, kids, I'd rather them do it and be honest about it and all that and whatever. Play it at home where I'm there if they need something. Like, once they're older, though, not not at the age they're at right now. Um, Okay, I think we're at the last question. Wow, that was a lot of questions. Number one thing, not necessarily geeky or gaming, that you are most grateful for this year um this year honestly was my 10-year wedding anniversary uh last thursday about uh, five days ago um honestly that having 10 years of marriage through the rough spots uh everything that we've had uh working at it that uh that i really did marry my best friend i love i love uh being able to have the same interests uh as her and being able to go around and like having 10 years of uh having someone to come home to and really confide in and being really just being married for 10 years like that uh, and the bond that we've we've created and worked for over the years like 10 year anniversary was uh definitely it so for me it's probably like I mean, it's everything that led up to me being able to get this house. And like, I know I talked about moving. I know I talked about getting the house that we're in, but it's like all of these opportunities that I've gotten that made it possible to get this house that we got. So it's like, it's the opportunities I've been given at work, the ability to like move up at work and like do new things and get, you know, um, compensated for it. But then also it was like family helping out at the right time and getting the right offers from the right people to be able to do things with money that would allow us to move from the house that we were in into a new house because guys getting equity out of a house that you're currently living in is actually harder than you would think um and then just like having all the timing line up like it it was a combination of like yeah i do work hard and like i've been able to go places with my job because i work hard but there is such a huge luck factor and timing factor at both work and then also for like the housing market and like selling our house at the right time, getting this house at the right time. There were so many things that had to line up between like timing, luck, and just good fortune all working together that lined up perfectly for us to get this house. So it's all of that. That's what I'm like the most grateful for in the last year is just that like all of that lined up in a way that worked out so well for us that I couldn't have even hoped for it. Yeah, I mean, the way that you had, like you said, had all of that line up when you were telling me about it, it's like, how did how did that happen? Like, that never happens where that is. It is luck, but it's it's glorious fortune. Yeah, it was it was amazing. So amazing. Um, okay, I think that was over 100 questions and we did it in like an hour. So I'm pretty proud of us. Um, we're not going to go into all the depth that we normally go into, but don't forget the rest of the network is out there and they're amazing. You guys can support us at patreon.com slash geek to geekcast because that's what keeps the podcast running. But that's probably it for this week. As always, you can write to us with comments, suggestions, or feedback. Our email address is geek2geekcast at gmail.com or reach us on Twitter at geek2geekcast. We also have longer discussion threads on our subreddit at reddit.com slash r slash geek2geekcast. 
We also have great discussions on Slack and Discord. You can go to geek2geekmedia.com for the invite links. And while you're there, make sure you check out all the other content on the network. I blog at agreenmushroom.com, and you can find me at grnmushroom. That's green mushroom without the E's on Twitter. And I'm on Twitter as at Professor Beej. That's Beej with two E's. And you can listen to me talk even more on the Dragon Quest FM podcast. We've been voiding Beej with your geek to geek podcast. That'll do it for this week. See you next week, geeks. Bye, geeks. Thanks for the question, y'all. Hey Geeks, this is Capsule J. I'm a streamer on the Geek2Geek Media Network. If you like discovering new games and chatting with cool nerdy folks, be sure to check out my channel on Twitch. You can find it at twitch.tv slash CapsuleJ. That's C-A-P-S-U-L-E-J-A-Y. I stream a blend of indies, retro games, and RPGs most Tuesday nights from 8pm to 11pm Eastern, and occasionally on Thursdays and weekends. Hope to see you then! Hi! My name is Joe Hogan, and I'm a geek. And if you're currently listening to this, there's a good chance you're a geek, too. So check out my podcast, Geektitude. Each week, I talk with somebody about their geek aptitude. Sometimes I talk to people in a geeky profession. Sometimes it's someone doing something really cool with their geekiness. Often it's another geeky podcaster. But it's always someone who wants to share their inner geek. So join me each week as we come together to geek out about all the geeky stuff we love. And remember, this week, keep it geek. Hello friends, this is Troidal Power inviting you to join me over on Twitch most weeknights sometime after dinner. Video games have always been a social hobby for me, with friends and family crammed together on a couch chatting away while someone holds the controller. And thanks to the power of the internet, I've got my own virtual couch over on Twitch where you can kick back and goof off while I play games. Find me on Twitch by searching Troidal Power, that's T-R-O-Y-T-L-E Power, to snag a spot on the couch. Hello, I'm Katie. And I'm Chelsea. And together we are Tea Time with Katie and Chelsea, a podcast all about pop culture. We talk about books, movies, music, basically anything we want at this point. Yes, we obsess about K-pop. And Keanu Reeves. And sometimes Katie cries on the podcast. Hey, that's rude. But really, we are just here to talk about all the things that we love. So make sure to head over to teatimewithkc.com and geek2geekmedia.com to check us out. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to our show wherever you download your podcasts. Bye! Bye.